Sound Pages is a literary series featuring resident artists in the Jack Straw Writers Program. We are everything you have subsumed, the words say. Each of these stories is us. This program features the work of 2018 writer Meredith Clark. Curator Damon Arundel sat down with her in the studio. Meredith, would you describe your project, please? Yeah, well, I, I guess I can describe as much of it as I know right now, mm-hmm. um, which is to say it's it's very much in its beginning stages. Mm-hmm. I am fresh off my first book, which wasn't a book I thought I wanted to write, or mm. I maybe should say it wasn't a book I knew I was writing. Mm. It was about a failed pregnancy, mm. it was about a failed relationship, mm-hmm. it was about my own failure to see and understand what was happening in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And really, I got to the end of the book and read it and was so surprised at mm. what I had captured in those pages. And I think, in some regard for me, the work that feels most authentic to me is that work that is having the experience as the experience is being had. Mm -hmm. Um, I once described my first book as um, there's no space between the page and the event, that they're happening almost exactly at the same time. So this project is doing something very similar, Mm -hmm. um, and what it's really starting to examine, uh, it feels kind of like going down, rappelling down into a dark well a little Mm. bit, Mm -hmm. Um, is experience of the body and experiences of the body that I may not even have known. You had mentioned in your application collaboration or conversation with a a visual artist named Leon Finley. Can you speak to that and what Mm -hmm. that brought out of you or what that Mm -hmm. experience kind of uh, instigated? So uh, Leon had um, his artwork up at the Alice, which Mm -hmm. is a gallery down in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And that work, and I guess in particular a conversation that I had with Leon, was all about embodiment. And Leanne and I sat down one morning outside a coffee shop on Capitol Hill and just sat and talked, and suddenly I found myself having this conversation that felt critical and necessary. Um, Leon's work is is very much exploring queer identity, trans identity, Um, what it means to live in a body and what of a body is continuous and what is not. Wow, those are really deep questions. Huge questions. Mm -hmm. Questions I didn't know I wanted to begin to ask. So there were these really fruitful moments in that conversation where Leon and I were kind of finishing each other's sentences Mm -hmm. and uh, it felt like Something was happening in the space between us that I, I remember walking away, biking away from that conversation thinking, 
I have to capture this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a momentum to the urgency of mm-hmm. that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it ended up for me being a work about trauma, a work about bisexual identity, mm-hmm. a work about memory and what gets embedded in the body and how it gets embedded in the body. Mm-hmm. And for me, it really started to make me understand the ways in which I had sort of refused to believe I had a body at all. Wow. <laughs> Would you be willing to to elaborate on that particular thought, the idea that you didn't have a body at all? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? I think that's what the work is going to explore. Mm. It's it's not to say that I don't I don't have any idea of how mm-hmm. to answer that. I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I think historically been really comfortable inhabiting my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the realm of thought has been the comfortable realm for me, and I think I think it's hard being in a body. I think. Embodiment is, at least for me, and I and I think for a lot of people, not necessarily a natural state mm-hmm. because the body holds so much mm-hmm. and the body encounters so much, mm-hmm. and the body is a site of of so much held experience mm-hmm. that I think for a long time inhabiting my mind felt very safe mm-hmm. and it was very easy for me to forget the truth and the fact of this body in the world. Wow. That's a brave project. And there's a way in which I think if you're if you're a writer or an artist, you're a deeply sensitive person, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a way for me that emotions are the only currency that... Uh, you know, I've always said I think we all have a, a different emotional spectrum and some people are really comfortable in the middle range and some people have a sort of broader spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I inhabit my emotions and my moments very fully, for better or for worse, um, which is to say the joy is, is thorough joy and the pain is thorough pain. Mm. And... So many of the moments that I write about, I think, are those moments of intense emotional frequency. How do you make sure that you're doing more experiencing than documenting? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's. Kind of the question, mm-hmm. I think. Um, for the first book, I think a thing that I did without realizing that I was doing it was capturing the moment almost in the moment mm-hmm. so that I didn't know what was going on. You know, in the way that, that a friend can look at, sort of a sad example, but a friend can look at a relationship that's failing and and tell you, or, or maybe not in the moment, but maybe afterwards say, well, yeah, we, we knew that wasn't going to mm-hmm. work out. And you think, how did you know? Well, you you were so in it, you didn't have the perspective they had. Right. And that's what, that's what that 
first book did really successfully. And, and you know, in retrospect, it's sad to look back and see the things I didn't see. Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to do something similar in this book. You know, going down into that into that well to use the early image, mm-hmm. um, and sort of holding each rock up to the light as it's found, trying to do it without judgment. Right. That's the challenging piece. Mm-hmm. I think in part because so many of the things that I'm finding, I want to judge, mm-hmm. uh, or I want to look at and say, "What of this?" and and if if I can find a way of taking those those things that I dig up, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's it's a rock, it's a shell, it's a leaf, it's a stick, it's a, whatever it is. As I'm kind of digging, just doing it in an almost archaeological way, because in a sense, it's not me telling the story right now. It's it's the lived experience stored in the body telling mm. the experience. Mm-hmm. What does your work celebrate? That's a beautiful question. I think experience. Mm -hmm. I think emotion. I think there's a celebration to me in to inhabiting a moment fully, whatever it is, you know, and, and I think I've recognized myself for a while as somebody who inhabits the sadness as much as the brightness, as much as the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, That experience of being human without prioritizing one color of emotion. There's a way in which, and the first work uses this metaphor of a bird, and the bird uh, is called a lyre bird, and it lives in Australia. And it, it has this remarkable ability, truly remarkable ability, to capture the sounds that are happening around it, essentially recording all of the sounds around it. Wow. Um, and it, it's, it's very real sounding. It doesn't sound like a bird making the sound of it. It sounds like the sound itself. Hmm. And the lyre bird records other bird songs, Mm -hmm. it records music if it happens to hear music. And in many of the places in the forest where it lives, where the trees are being cut down, it records the chainsaw, which is essentially the sound of its own destruction. Mm. And it does it all as part of the song. So here's my melody. And, And of course, it's a melody intended to impress a mate. So it's essentially playing back its own lived experience with no judgment. Mm-hmm. Here are the other songs that I've heard. Here's the sound of the loss of our habitat. Here's all of it. And to me, that would be, if my work could celebrate one thing, it would be that. It would be the full breadth of experience with nothing left out or nothing judged not beautiful enough to include. Now we'll hear a selection from Meredith's live reading. What did you find when you went looking? What did you find when you stopped looking? but the memory of looking was still firm in you. I can stand on this boulder, too young to know 
that the glaciers are history, and I will be too. This is me. This is my body. This is the rock I have climbed. This is my mother. This is my life. My body is an artifact. My body is a relic. This is not my body. I carried you down to the water. Now swim. When traveling back in time, build a net. Wrap yourself in this net and tie it at the end to something large. When traveling back in time, you are looking for little flecks and sparks that flew off from you, got stuck somewhere. Now you must convince them to return. When the words come, they are gleaming. When the words come, they come over the right shoulder. We are everything you have subsumed, the words say. Each of these stories is us. When the words come, they are folded like paper. When the words come, they crackle. When the words come, they are always telling me something I have forgotten, something holy, something mundane, something I buried in the backyard, something I looked for once, something I left. It is not true, I tell the words, that you know more than I do. This is a thing I said because I am afraid. What, asks my body, if it takes as long as it takes and you already know, you already know, it isn't going to get better. It isn't going to get better. It's just going to get darker and then we'll set to work. When, as a baby, I was placed in a crib in a high-ceilinged room, I cried and cried. Anyone can understand the feeling of being adrift. Let's say there is a task or a series of tasks you were made for on this earth. Do not cross this out. Let's say you've been doing this work all your life. You don't even know you're doing it. The work is just invisible to you. Out on the road, the same black car turns the corner again and again. You know, you know, you know. The book is hauling itself out of me. The book is a wad of bills stuffed into a bank. The book has languished too long, and now it is telling itself backwards and angry. Wow. The book is unlike any I have written, but it comes to me the same way as the rest, a bolt to the lightning rod out in the dark. So then I am out in the dark. There is a stone, a mountain in the backyard, and an animal that goes prowling and the animal is you. Like you, it climbs all over and won't speak. Come down from there. Come down from there and tell us. There was an animal whose body got away from it, who wanted a body not at all. We can hold this for you, people said. 
and people did. Sometimes people held it. Sometimes they hid it, or they loved it, not at all, and then refused to give it back. I started stitching time shut. I started putting folds in the years. If I had been out in the world leaking light, if I had been out in the world spilling myself like a shaker of salt, then eventually it would be time to return, to collect myself. I am taking it all. If you are reading this, it is because I am asking permission to tie a rope around your waist. If you are reading this, it is because I need your weight, your weight against the descent. Ça va te faire du bien, the doctor had said. This will do you some good. She put the prescription in my hand, and I was bruised and maybe crying, and the pills lost all the days there were as long as I was on them. A week of which I remember nothing. This was the remedy. All the way home, someone's nailed to the back of my neck. Who are you? I ask as the bus climbs the hill. Who are you as I ring the bell? Are you mine or someone else's? No reply. A woman waits for the train. She stands in the clean, tiled station, and the lit display shows four minutes more. A thought arrives. You could leave. You could go home now. You could just go to sleep in your bed. A woman rings the buzzer. A woman awaits the sound. A woman stands in the dark hall and finds the light and climbs the stairs. A woman delivers herself over and over again like a package of whose value she is unaware. For a while, the only one who wanted this story was this story. You already lived me, it said. It came to me over the kitchen sink where I was licking the blood and the milk from my plate. Just trust me, it said. And we walked then into the dark. The stamens stain the runner, this fabric that somebody stitched. It is possible, she said, to hold your own hand across time. It is possible to build a chain of yourself. It is possible to bring the pieces back. There is a silence above the little house. April, says the baby, I'm on time. Through the window, the branches begin. Through the window, the world she watches. And an envelope of light moves across the covers. And a key of light comes through the door where the now lost key would be. Here on earth, the ceilings are white and white the light across them. Here on earth, these are my hands. Here on earth, this body is my record. 
This body is recording. It is on. Here, a girl body means be quiet. It means no more. It means do whatever work you must to save us. The gloss black rocking chair. This body and I are saddled together. I see. Someone had a daughter and they needed her needless. She grew to be this way. As close as you can, for as long as you can, to the thing that overtakes you. Femme fatale, he calls me in the tiled station. Femme fatale, he tells me on the street. Femme fatale in the vintage coat with the belt and the ruff and the bell-shaped skirt. Femme fatale over the dinner I cannot afford. And then he chokes me in the bed until the tears pour out. Je ne suis pas jolie, reads the ad across the platform the next morning. Je ne suis pas jolie, je suis pire. I'm not pretty, I'm worse. No, I tell her across the decade, I will not come to you. You come to me. Come to me, I say to her, raking her across the years. And she balks, but she enters and nestles in, flush up against the places where my body stops, a skin beneath my skin. Somewhere in Paris, a man falls to the mattress. The body just beneath him has been taken. Child, I tell the girl on the rock, you and I know, but there are thousands of us in the time in between that do not. They are caught in the slump. Go and claim them, she says. I want to say that they lift at once these women and these girls, their bodies like birds from the land. But it is not this. It is more like a house fire, which I enter and I cling to the walls and I lead each one out by the hand. This was the first mistake. A girl should not be a small thing. If she swallows her own wants, she'll swallow everything. Where do you go, she asks, when you go? The same place, always the same place. And if I cannot answer when you ask me, I am gone. And the water on the road and the sharpness of the light means her room is filled with color as the cars pass by. Sudden red, sudden gray, sudden yellow for a long time with the school bus, though I am hardly here for it. Where do you go, she says again. Can I say back to where something is still smoldering? Back to where the burning thing is me? I shot forth 10 years. I shot forth 15. I shot forth 30. I shot forward until I was nothing but bones in the ground, and then I shot back. I'll choke you, I said to the man who choked me, and he was surprised that I meant it, and I was not. <laughs> what, he said in the back of the bar with the sinister smile. 
wet, he said, teeth bared, blue suited, dress shoed. Are you kidding? I am not kidding, I said. And the fist in my eyes met the fist in his, and whoever looked off to the side first would lose. I did not lose. The men began to bleed together. The stories doubled back on themselves like a weft. We have passed this way before. You think you do not know me? I know you. Body as collection. Body as closet. Body as a place I entered, asking, is this mine? Out on my back, in the salt water, pierced by the cold, three vultures circle, and I call from my body, pale and stiffened. I'm not dead now. In this moment, in this moment, I'm alive. Thank you. Sound Pages is a Jack Straw production. The 2018 curator of this program is Damon Arundel. This episode of Sound Pages was produced by Alyssa Keene and Daniel Gunther. Recording engineers are Ayesha Ubiatilaka, Daniel Gunther, and Joel Maddox. Narrator is Alyssa Keene, and executive director of Jack Straw Cultural Center is Joan Rabinowitz. Theme music by Amy Rubin and Don Clement, produced through the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. Special thanks to Larry Lawrence. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology. Thank you for listening. Thank you.